When I think of worship, I tend to think about singing songs, prayer, and reading the Bible. When in reality, we can worship God by anything we do in our everyday lives. There are a lot of different ways that we can worship. I think most traditionally people think about going to a church building and singing songs and praying and being in community. But I think that we can actually be worshiping God in a lot of different ways. We all have really unique talents and gifts that God has given us and using those can be worship. So if you can sing and you like to sing like I do, that can be a form of worship. I know there's a lot of people that are really charitable and you know they go and they provide food for those who aren't able to get themselves. That's a great way to worship God. You know, we can all use our gifts and talents to worship God in ways that aren't just at the church building. Uh, so there's a lot of different ways that we worship. The obvious is all the ways that we worship, you know, when we're gathered together and congregated together at church. But there's, you know, we worship in prayer, we worship in song, we worship in fellowship. Um, but we also worship and can worship and should worship as we go about our daily lives as well. Uh, we're worshiping God when we're honoring Him in every aspect of our lives and when we're putting Him first in our lives and being the example that He wants us to be day to day. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's kind of similar to, to what I would say is, you know, typically my, my worship, you know, other than outside of the, the traditional kind of thought that we all have, you know, being together and fellowshipping and singing and, and all of that, you know, my daily worship is, is my, my just daily decision making. You know, to me, that is that is how I worship. Every everything that comes across my desk, or every decision I make, whether it be with a student or a faculty member or whatever, you know, thinking back to as a Christian, as you know, looking at my uh, my beliefs, what's the correct decision here? What what is the correct thing to do in this instant? And and just trying to be as Christ-like with every decision I make. Now, some days I'm much better than others, you know, but to me that's that's where I think the, the majority of my worship and, and my witness comes out is how I just handle my day-to-day -day business and how I um, represent myself and Christ through me uh, in my day-to-day -day, day -day interactions with everybody around me. How do we worship? That's a, uh, that's a short question, probably a long answer, but uh, uh, we're to worship in spirit and in truth. But when we get down to the how, we say this singing, many times you say, let's stand up and worship, which we automatically assume, well, the song, the singing is our worship. But as I said before, I think that uh, our life is our worship. And there are so many ways to thank God and to appreciate Him. Every morning before we eat a little breakfast, we say a prayer. Every evening before dinner, we say a prayer. And that prayer is worship. And I, I think that, like I said, our life is our worship. and. Uh, as we go through life, we learn to be, as we get older and older, we appreciate God's love more and more. And we look forward to 
How do we worship? We know the physical ways that we worship, you know, like you said, singing, coming into church, and all of those things. But I got a book, it's been probably 10 years ago now. I don't remember the author, but it was all about praise. And he said, every morning, every prayer that we have, we need to begin it by saying, praise the Lord. And he suggested, say it seven, eight, nine, ten times before you pray. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. And that's what Peter said, you know, he begins his letter by saying, praise the Lord. And I think this is a really interesting point. The word hallelujah is praise the Lord. That's what it translates, praise the Lord. And I discovered one day that every single language in the world uses that same word. We all say the word hallelujah, which is praise the Lord. And so I've gotten in the habit, you know, when I begin my prayer, always to say a number of times, praise the Lord, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. And sometimes that's difficult to do. In my Bible study, we were studying this, and I said, what if we were to just really praise the Lord? Because we see that on TV and all. And everybody was so awkward with doing it and admitting that they don't normally do it, and it, and it felt awkward. But that's how I think you know, we're to praise them. back to the Mission Viejo Church of Christ. We are so thankful that you chose to spend your Sunday morning with us. Whether you're here in the courtyard enjoying this beautiful sunny weather or whether you are at home on the couch, we are just so thankful that we are still able to come together and to truly be a church family. I hope you guys enjoyed that video that we just played. I just love hearing from different people, from different backgrounds, from different age groups, just talking about what this means to them, because I think that that's really important. It's one thing for, for me or another teacher to get up here and tell you things, but it's another thing for you to actually process these things and talk about what it means to you. So I hope you've enjoyed that. I know that I've really enjoyed that, not only seeing some faces, but, but just hearing some of these things that people have to say about what worship truly means to them. And what a great way to start off our new year at looking at things like how we worship. And, you know, next week we're going to unpack when and where do we worship. But what a great reminder for us as we get ready to start a new year to think about the ways that we worship. Because we serve an amazing God and he deserves the best worship that we can possibly give him. And I hope that you're as excited as I am to jump into part three today of our Made to Worship series. Now, as I mentioned, it's a four-part series. The first week we talked about what is worship. The second week we talked about the tale of three fans. That was last week. And today we're going to talk about some principles of worship. Now, I don't think I could say any better than what the folks on the videos today said as far as kind of how we worship, um, meaning that we worship through prayer and meaning that we worship through singing and things like that. Such great things. And today what I really want to focus on is what are the guiding principles to worship? What are the things that we should be thinking of when we begin to worship our amazing God? And that's what we're going to kind of unpack a little bit here today as we unpack part three, again, which is the principle of worship. The bottom line is it's all about God and it's not about us. Now that has been a theme throughout our time together the last few weeks and I want you to focus on that again today. And that's a lot of what we're going to focus on today is the fact that worship isn't about me and it's not about you. 
It's about God. And that's where our focus needs to be. So if you were with us last week, you know that we talked about the tale of three fans and we talked about the fact that, that David was this fantastic worshiper. And if he were at a football game, he'd be the one with his face painted and the jersey on and the whole nine yards because he didn't care what other people thought about his worship to God. We talked about Uzzah and Uzzah was the fan that just didn't trust God enough because he wanted to do things his own way. And then we talked about Michael, which was David's wife. And she was embarrassed by David's worship to God because she was so worried about what other people would think. So I hope that you found that interesting and I hope you were able to catch that. And if you weren't, you're welcome to go back on our live stream or on our website and check that out. But today, we're gonna shift our focus just a little bit and we're gonna start unpacking these principles of worship. And these are things we should be thinking about anytime we go into any form of worship. These are gonna kind of specifically focus on our corporate worship or what we do when we come to the building. But many of these things are going to apply to any type of worship that you do anytime, anywhere. And again, we're going to unpack that next week as our when and where do we worship. But this week, I want to focus on some of our principles of worship. So if you have your Bible, if you have your Bible app, we're going to be jumping around quite a bit today. So, so get those fingers ready um, because I want to encourage you, as I always do, to read this together with me as we start to unpack these principles of worship. The first one I want to look at is the fact that true worship is God-centered. So let's look at a, let's look at a passage from Exodus chapter 20, verses 3. Three through five. Again, we're going to jump back to the Old Testament Exodus chapter 20, starting in verse 3. And it says, You shall have no other gods before me. It says, You shall not make for yourselves an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on earth beneath or in the waters below. It says, You shall not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sins of their parents. It says, to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. Now, I love this, this, this so much because he basically comes right out and tells us, he says, I'm a jealous God. You shouldn't have any other gods before me. I'm number one. I should be the most important thing in your life. And you should not let anything, and I love that it goes into detail. You shouldn't have anything, it says, in heaven above or on earth or beneath the waters below. That pretty much wraps up anywhere that you could think of. But our God is a jealous God. The one thing that God couldn't do for himself was to worship himself. And that's what we're here for. We're here to give him the one thing that he couldn't give himself, and that's worship. And we get to spend our whole lives worshiping God. And yes, we have a lot of other things that we have to do, and we have a lot of other responsibilities, but, but we have an opportunity to worship God every single day of our lives. And one day, one day, if we stay the course and we get to go to heaven, then we'll have nothing left to do but to worship him every single day for the rest of eternity. But it's got to be God-centered. It's got to be about God. It's not about me, and it's not about you, and it's not about the worship leader. It's not about the praise team. It's about God. Now, no offense to Brandon, I love you, brother, but 
worship isn't about him or the person who is leading us in singing. It's about God. And that's where our focus needs to be. It needs to be focused on not just going through the motions, not just singing the words, but are we truly worshiping God in spirit and in truth? And that's what we're going to continue to unpack as we move forward here today. So let's look at number two. Number two is true worship is Christ-focused. Christ-focused is what our worship should be all about. And I want to move, move to the New Testament in Colossians chapter 1. And in Colossians chapter 1, starting in verse 15, it says, The Son is the image of the invisible God. It says, The firstborn over all creation. It says, For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. It says, Whether thrones, thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. It says, He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Let's jump ahead to verse 18. And it says, and he is the head of the body, the church. It says, he's the beginning and is the firstborn from among the dead, so that everything he might have the supremacy. It says, for God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven. It says, by making place through his blood shed on the cross. See, our worship needs to be about Jesus and about the amazing things that he has done for us. See, God sent Jesus to the earth as God incarnate. He sent Jesus to the earth to walk with us and to ultimately die for our sins. And he's worthy of all of the worship and praise that we can give him. Because, see, it it, it says right here, that he is the head of the body, which is the church. So if Jesus is the head of the church, then he is worthy of our worship. And we need to be thinking about that when we worship. We sing a lot of songs where we talk about Jesus. But are we just talking about Jesus? Or are we truly worshiping Jesus in spirit and in truth? Because, see, we... We sometimes we get to this place, right? And let's say it's Sunday morning and we come together and it's time to worship, it's time to sing, right? And we start singing the words on the screen or on our phone or wherever we're looking at the words at. It is so easy just to say the words. That's pretty easy. But are we truly meaning those words that we're saying? Or is our mind a million miles away? Are we saying the words but we're thinking about the football game later? Are we saying the words, but we're worried about work? Worship should be transforming. Worship should make an impact on us and not just be something that we do to go through the motions. And see, that's what worship is all about. It's all about making an impact. It's all about making a difference. It's all about coming together and being lifted up and being edified and being strengthened. But we don't get that if we're just reading the words. We don't get that if the words have no meaning to us. And how do you think that that makes God feel if we're just going through the motions? If we're just standing there reading the words, blah, 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 blah. 
Do you think that's pleasing worship to God? I don't think that it is. Because, see, he deserves our attention. And he deserves our focus. And next week we're going to talk quite a bit about, you know, that we should be worshiping everywhere and anywhere that we go. Whether it be home, school, work, whatever the case may be. So I'm not going to go too deep into that today. But let's think about that time that we come together on Sunday mornings. Let's think about that for just a moment. We meet from roughly 10.30 to 11.40-ish, depending on how long I talk. That's an hour of time out of our entire week. So we spend an hour in worship. And we spend 40 to 60 hours of work. And we spend, you know, 10 to, to 20 hours watching TV. And we spend way more than that on our phones. Shouldn't we be able to give God our best, true, heartfelt worship for that hour on Sunday mornings? I think that we should. Now, have I been guilty of that at times? Of course I have. But we need to focus our worship on God. We need to focus our worship on Jesus Christ and the things that he did for us. We need to put those other things aside for that hour, hour, and ten minutes that we're here on Sunday mornings and that time that we spend on Wednesday night and the time that we spend in prayer and the time that we spend worshiping in him in so many other ways. Let's look at number three. True worship is spirit-empowered. So we've been talking about worshiping in spirit and in truth. Well, here's the spirit aspect, and we're going to look at that in John chapter 4, starting in verse 22. In John chapter 4, verse 22, it says, You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know. It says, For salvation is from is." From the Jews. It says, Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the Spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. It says, God is Spirit, and his worshipers must worship in the Spirit and in truth. Right? We know the story from, from the woman at the well where she says, wait a minute, I thought you could only worship in the temple. And he's saying, no, 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 you can worship anywhere as long as you do it in spirit and in truth. And what that means is we've got to tune into the Holy Spirit. We've got to invite the Holy Spirit into our lives and let the Spirit guide us as we worship the Father in spirit it says the true worshipers will worship in spirit and in truth. And that's what we were just talking about when we talked about the fact that when we come together on Sunday mornings and we push all that other stuff aside and we really just invite the Holy Spirit in. right? We invite the Holy Spirit to just kind of take over for an hour and ten minutes or whatever the case may be. And let the Spirit guide us as we worship. We have to tune into that. And I've seen this happen and I've felt this happen and it's an incredible thing, right? So sometimes when, when the Spirit takes over and maybe the congregation is sitting and you just feel like you need to stand up. Or maybe the rest of the congregation is, is standing and you feel like you need to sit down or kneel down or bow down. That's when the Spirit is in control and the Spirit works differently through each of us. But see, it's our job as Christians to, to lean on the Spirit, to lean into the Spirit, to let the Spirit guide us 
in our actions and let the Spirit guide us in our worship. Because he will and he wants to, but we have to tune into that. And see, we can't tune into the Spirit if we're too busy thinking about all the other things of what we're going to have for lunch and who's going to win the football game today and whatever the case may be. See, we got to just tune in and let the Spirit take over. The Spirit is an amazing gift that we were given, but it's our job to use it. Just like if you, maybe you received a Christmas gift and it's still sitting on the table at home, and you're like, I'll open it one of these days. Well, whatever's in that gift isn't going to do you any good if you don't open the gift and put it to use. So we've got we've to tune into that gift, that spirit that we were given, and use that in our worship because it tells us in John that that's going to be pleasing to God. Number four, true worship is word-based. And this comes from Romans chapter 1, verse 16. It says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. <coughs> Excuse me. First to the Jew, and then to the Gentile. The word. Why do we do the things that we do? The word. Or at least that should be our answer. The things that we do, for example, on Sunday mornings, why do we do those things? Well, we sing because in the New Testament church, they sung praises, right? We come together and we partake of communion, which is an act of worship, because the Bible gives us the example. We have a time of preaching every Sunday morning because Jesus gave us the example that he and the disciples preached. And yes, I'm not saying that's the most important part of worship, but it's definitely a part of our worship. But it's got to be based on the word. John chapter 1, 1 tells us what? The word was God. Right? It's not about what I think, and it's not about what you think. I don't get up here and talk for 20 minutes to just tell you stories and tell you my thoughts on the matter or to pontificate about whatever I want to or whatever is going on in the world. No, we look at Scripture. We look at what the Bible says. We look at what the Word says. And that's how we know that we're worshiping in a way that is pleasing and acceptable to God. Because we're following the example of the New Testament church and we're doing the things that God commands us to do. And that's such an important principle of worship that we're sticking to the word. We're not just making up our own thing. We're not doing what we do just for entertainment value. I'm not up here telling jokes just for the sake of telling jokes. I'm not up here telling stories just for the sake of telling stories. We're not showing a movie. We don't have a laser light show with smoke and mirrors and lights because that's not what it's about. It's about what the word teaches. It's about the gospel and it's about worshiping in a way that's pleasing and acceptable to God. And we can only do that if it's word based. And That's why we stick to the word. Let's look at number five. True worship requires us to encounter God with our whole person. And I want to look at Psalms chapter 149.1. Again, Psalms 149.1. It says, raise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song. His praise in the assembly of his faithful people. See, God deserves our best. 
And God deserves all of us. So when we worship, we should worship with mind, body, and soul. See, we push those other things aside, and we worship with mind, body, and soul. Now, this looks different for everybody. And that doesn't mean that you're more holy than somebody else. I grew up in a church where it was not a hand-raising church. Okay, we didn't raise our hands during worship. That's just not the way that we worship. But that doesn't mean that that's the proper way to worship. That's just how they did it. I I grew up in a non-hand-raising church. It took me a long time to where I let the Spirit move me to where I would even raise my hands during, during corporate worship, during singing. And, that, and that, maybe that looks different for everybody, right? Maybe you're not a hand raiser. Maybe you don't like that other people raise their hands. Worship is an individual act. And how the Spirit moves you may be very different than how the Spirit moves me. Maybe you're more of a hands-in-the-pocket, swaying back and forth. Maybe that's how you like to worship. And that's okay. Or maybe, maybe you like to do carry in the TV, right? Maybe you like to, to carry the TV, or maybe it's a big screen TV, I don't know. Or maybe the Spirit just moves you in different ways. Maybe you like to raise your hands high in the air, right? Maybe you like to do the village people, the Y, or maybe the Rocky, or the touchdown, or the goalposts, I don't know. None of it's right or wrong. Or maybe you like to wash the windows, I don't know. We all have different ways of worship, and that's okay. Because you don't have to worship in the exact same way that I do. As long as your worship, and your, your worship is impactful, and it's meaningful, and it's pleasing to God, then it's not right or wrong. Again, keeping in mind our last point of sticking to what the Word teaches. So it's okay if you want to stand up and throw your arms in the air. It's okay if you want to sit down. It's okay if you want to kneel down. When I first started going to this church, a brother, many of you know, Curtis McCollum used to lead the singing here. And I watched him get down on his knees while he was singing a song, while he was leading worship. That's okay. But that doesn't mean he's holier than me or that I'm holier than him. That's just how the Spirit moves him to worship with mind, body, and soul. And maybe it's different for you, and that's okay. And that's the whole point I'm trying to get at. Is it may look different, but that doesn't necessarily make it right or wrong as we come together on a Sunday morning and we lift up our voices. We all do it differently. But as long as we're giving him our true worship, it's okay. Because we're following what the Word teaches. And we're worshiping him in spirit and in truth. We talked about worshiping the Spirit, right? And then we talked about the Word, which is the truth. So as long as we're worshiping in Spirit and in truth, then it's not wrong. Let the Spirit move you in the way that the Spirit wants to move you. And as long as you're doing that in Spirit and in truth, it's going to be pleasing to God. Number six, and we're not going to spend a lot of time on this one because this is the whole lesson for next week, but I do want to at least touch on this, that worship is about more than just what we do on Sunday mornings. Now, don't get me wrong. Don't misread this. Don't take away from this. I'm saying Sunday mornings are not important because they are, 
The Bible is very clear on what it says about not forsaking the assembly. But I want to look at what Romans chapter 13, or excuse me, Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2 says. It says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. It says, do not conform to the patterns of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. So let's back up and let's, let's look just real quick at, the, at verse 1 where it says, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. So what does that tell us? That tells us that when we walk out that door today, when we walk out of the courtyard today, when you turn off your TV at home on the live stream, your body goes with you. And if your body is to truly be a living sacrifice, then in everything that you do, you need to worship God. Jason did a good job this morning of kind of unpacking this idea of in every decision that we make. And he even mentioned, you know, everything that comes across his desk, he has a decision to make. Is he going to do it in a way that honors God or is he going to do it in a way that honors the world? And when we choose the way that honors God, then we're worshiping him. Because remember what worship is. Worship is simply saying, look, I understand and I appreciate and I thank you, God, for all the amazing things that you've done. And when we do things in a God-honoring fashion, and when we put God first, then we're worshiping him. And that doesn't just happen here, or at least it shouldn't just happen here on Sunday mornings. Because see, when I walk out that door, it doesn't end there. I still have to make a decision every day. Am I going to worship God, or am I going to worship money, or my job, or my sports, or my hobbies? It's not just about Sundays. Sundays are important. Sundays are when we get to come together and we get to kind of recharge those batteries, right? And we get to come together and we get to see one another and we get to talk to one another or we get an online chat with one another and we get our cups filled up, right? So that we can go out those doors and have a great week of honoring God and leading others to him. But it's not just Sundays. There are many different aspects of worship that we need to consider. And I want you to actively consider those things. And what I mean by that is, I want you to think, when you think about worship, I want you to think about some of these principles that we talked about today. Maybe you even want to reflect on today. When I worshiped today, and I don't mean just the singing, but the entire service, was it God-centered? Was it Christ-focused? Was it with the Spirit? Was it according to the Word? There are so many things that we need to consider when we get ready to give ourselves to God in worship. Again, whether that's Sunday morning, or whether it's tomorrow morning at work, or whether it's Tuesday at school, there are so many things that we need to think about and we need to consider. Because we can't just go through the motions. That's not going to be pleasing to God. He deserves more than that. So some things I want you to remember this week. I want you to remember that worship is the one thing that God can't give himself. And that's what we're here to do. We're here to worship him. 
to let him know, thank you, God, for the amazing things that you have done in our lives. Thank you, God, for sending your son. Because we certainly didn't deserve that. He did it out of his love for us. Worship doesn't just happen on Sundays. We can worship him in our words and in our actions and our behavior and through prayer and through songs and through studying the Bible and spending time in the word throughout our week. It doesn't just happen on Sundays. We've got to think about the importance of worship because it's so important to God. Again, the true worshipers are going to worship in spirit and in truth. And we worship him with our mind, our bodies, and our souls. See, worship should be a transforming experience. You should be transformed when you spend time in God's presence, when you tune into the Holy Spirit. You should be transformed. And if you're not, if worship isn't transformational, if if you come to church and you walk away feeling exactly the same as you did when you walked in the door, then maybe you need to rethink about how you're worshiping. And I'm not pointing fingers. But I'm simply saying we should be transformed by spending time in God's presence. And if we're not, then maybe we need to rethink about the things that we're doing and the way that we're worshiping. Or maybe it's just a matter of we need to get in the habit of putting away all the distractions and really focusing on our worship. And that may be the case. But it should be transformational. Let worship transform you every time that you spend time in worship. So what if? These are the what-ifs. What if worship wasn't just about Sundays? How would your life be different, is what I mean by what if. How would your life be different if you truly worshipped seven days a week and not just one or two? What if we put more thought into our worship? What if we really pushed away the distractions and focused in on inviting the Spirit in? and truly worshiped God every day? What if we truly gave him our heart, mind, body, and soul? How might our lives be different? And what if we worshiped without worrying about what anyone else thinks? David, in our story from last week, was dancing in the streets in his underwear. Again, not recommending that you do that. But David was dancing in the streets in his underwear because he was so excited. And that's just how the Spirit moved David. He didn't care what anybody else thought. He didn't even care what his wife thought. He said, look, this is the way I want to worship God, and that's how I'm going to do it. So don't worry about what other people think. If you want to throw your hands in the air, throw your hands in the air. You want to jump up and down, jump up and down. If you want to sit there quietly, sit there quietly. Sometimes we even get moved by worship songs to tears, and that's okay. Because you know what? The person next to you might be jumping up and down while you sit there with a tear in your eye, but that's because worship is different for everyone. Don't worry about what the person next to you thinks. Focus on worshiping God with all of your heart and all of your mind and all of your soul. Next week, we're going to pick up on part four of our Made to Worship series, which is going to be when and where 
should we worship? And we're going to get into the fact that we're going to look at some Bible examples of people who worshiped in unlikely places. But I want you to think about that as we get ready to move into next week. When and where will you worship this week once you leave this place or once you turn off the live stream or once you close your computer? When and where will you worship? We've just started a new year and maybe you have been thinking about your life. You know, we make these New Year's resolutions and we set these goals for ourselves. And maybe your goal is to be baptized and to give your life to Christ publicly for the remission of your sins and to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. We would be more than happy to assist you in doing that. If you're here with us live today, you're welcome to come see me after services. If you're at home, you're welcome to email me, Aaron at mvchurch.org. I would love to talk to you about the importance and the meaning of baptism. And we'd love to baptize you into the family of Christ. Or maybe as you've reflected on this past year, maybe you haven't walked the walk that you would like to walk. Maybe you haven't been as close to Jesus Christ as you would like to be. And maybe now is the time for you to renew that relationship that you have. We would love to talk with you. We would love to pray with you. We would love to help you in any way that we can. I want to ask you all, wherever you may be, to go ahead and join us. We're going to stand together and we're going to worship God in song one last time. And with our hands lifted high, we will worship and sing. And with our hands lifted high, we come before you rejoicing. With our hands lifted high to the sky, when the world wonders why, we'll just tell them we're loving our King. We'll just tell them we're loving our King. We'll just tell them we're loving our King. Well, once again, we want to thank you for joining us here at the Mission Viejo Church of Christ on this beautiful, sunny Sunday morning. A couple of quick reminders for you. I want to remind you about our midweek Bible study on Wednesday night at 7 o'clock on the live stream, our brother Glenn Roberts will continue his series on the book of Romans. We also have our youth group that will meet on Wednesday night at 6.30 in the courtyard as we continue our series on This Year I Will. And of course, next week we'll be back here at 10.15 for our children's worship and at 10.30 for our main worship service as we continue and wrap up our series on Made to Worship. So I hope that you'll be able to join us for all of those services. Would you please join me in a word of closing prayer? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this beautiful Lord's Day and we thank you for this opportunity that we had to come here today to sing some songs of praises unto you, to take a communion with our fellow Christian family, and to spend some time in your word. Heavenly Father, as we get ready to leave this place today, help us just to not only continue to worship you, but to worship you in spirit and in truth. Heavenly Father, we ask that you would be with our church families, wherever they may be this morning. Help to keep them safe, help to guide them, help to keep them on the right path. Heavenly Father, most of all, we thank you so much for all that you do for us, for all that you bless us with, and for sending your precious Son so that we might have that chance of everlasting life. It's in Christ's precious name that we pray. Amen. Well, again, thank you so much for joining us. We look forward to seeing you next week. Have a great week. Hear the holy roar of God resound. Hear the holy roar of God resound. Watch the waters part before us now. Watch the waters part before us now. Come and see what he has done for us. 
Tell the world of his great love, our God is a God who saves. Our God is a God who saves. Let God arise, let God arise. Our God reigns now and forever. He reigns now and forever. For sure, his enemies will run for sure. The church will stand, she will endure. The church will stand, she will endure. He holds the keys of life, our Lord. Death has no sting, no final word. Our God is a God who saves. Our God is a God who saves. Let God arise, let God arise. Our God reigns now and forever. He reigns now and forever. Arise, let God arise. Our God reigns now and forever. He reigns now and forever. Our God is a God who saves. 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 Let God arise. Let God He reigns now.